discuss build versus buy. I'm Michael Askins, architect and technologist. This is the Technology Architecture Solution Engineering Show slash IT Pro Talk. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, today, I just want to give, before we bring our guest in, our returning champion, uh, Chris Aferlis, I wanted to give a quick uh, disclaimer. We always have one at the end of the show. Uh, we're, for IT Pro Talks, we put it at the beginning of the show. So uh, we're going to kind of blend uh, both worlds a little bit. So um, obviously, consult a professional. Anything we talk about today is for informational purposes. Uh, it's also for entertainment. Hopefully, we you know amuse you. But uh, also, consult a professional. There's things that we do that may not be compatible with your particular organization or your technology that you have at your organization. So reach out to us or reach out to your your reps that uh, service you or, and consult a professional before like flipping switches and turning stuff on. So that being said, as I mentioned, returning champion Chris Aferlis is in the studio with us today. How you doing, Chris? How are you, man? It's, uh, it's been quite the day, hasn't it? <laughs> I'm busy, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, we started off, uh, you know, just as kind of a, a tangent, we started today off uh, with freezing rain and snow, uh, winter weather advisory, and it's now 70 degrees. So welcome to southwestern Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah it sounds sounds like fun. We, uh, we, we went from, uh, we were supposed to ski last weekend, and uh, they went from, it was supposed to rain three days in a row, fall followed by snow two days in a row. Uh, so we bailed on the trip. And then, of course, it was perfect weather for spring skiing. So uh, we're, we're going to make a try it again this weekend. So we'll see. Fingers yeah, crossed. Got to give it a go, right? Right. Hanging on to winter, man. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. I, I like it cold personally. Uh, when it gets warm, I get a little twitchy. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make it work. Uh, dive in. Let's let's get into this topic, right? So, I, you know, in, in some of our prep over the next couple shows that we have coming up, uh, this was one topic that you brought up that we never really touched on much on this show. So it's kind of introducing our listening audience to, you know, our thoughts and concepts around build versus buy. And, um, you know, there's, there's merits to both. And hopefully we can discuss our way through some of that um, today and, you know, give some supporting links in the, in the show notes. So um, to build or buy, mm. what do you do? Right. What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> certainly always a, uh, uh, an interesting discussion and challenge within organizations, you know, so uh, when I sat on the other side of the table, um, you know, largely in the space where where you sit, you know, um, more, more, I guess, from the corporate IT standpoint, you know, CIO for nine years and grew up in IT essentially. And, um, you know, so if it was a Windows product, I, I managed it in some way, shape or form. And the only one I like to say that I didn't was uh, BizTalk. Um, but, <laughs> you know, um, you, you think about Microsoft largely in their in their platform approach over the last you know X number of years uh, with with things like Azure and um, bringing in uh, additional products. You know, think thinking of the Dynamics Nav and AX and in GP and you know those all came through acquisitions uh, of of other. ERP systems that were available, you know, and, and depending on um, 
the the level of the product you could customize them you could build add-ons onto them uh gp was kind of standalone i don't think there were many add-ons you can put into there but you know it was widely used great planes right um and, for a while, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, jeez, I, I, Microsoft bought that. I mean, it must have been twenty years ago. You know, it, it was it was a long time ago. Um, but you know, even even in in the the IT world, you know, kind of growing up, you always had these challenges of, you know, do you buy a specialty software um, that is is specifically dedicated? you know, for your industry, your vertical, whatever the business process was that you were trying to solve, or, or do you try to hook it into an ERP? Right. And so, you know, you could see like kind of taking somewhat of that, that top down approach where, you know, from, from an IT strategy standpoint and um, determining what makes the most sense for your business, um, you know, certainly the idea of being able to have all of your information and all of your GUIs and everything you're using in one place is very attractive, right? Um, and and that that opportunity uh, when when it presents itself that it nice and neatly fits into you know your ERP system or whatever it is, um, you know, and this obviously goes well beyond ERP, but. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a great starting place because uh, you know when I when I was in the SAP uh, ecosystem, for instance, um, I, I never even understood how big that ecosystem was. You know how many add-ons you could get. Um, you know how how much customization you could do. And and you know truthfully, we tried to buy an add-on that you know basically doubled the footprint of of our SAP environment. Um, you know that was specific to our. Um, industry, you know, it was the, uh, a food company, and you know, we we did um, uh, seafood processing, and uh, you know, largely it was unsuccessful. Um, you know, even with uh, this particular um, add-on being uh, designed for food, uh, and and in large part, it was because of the nuances of the business that we were in, um, and it. it took a tremendous amount of customization, um, uh, a couple of years worth of work, uh, and then largely didn't get off the ground. Now, there were some other factors came in and, and, and I want to, um, you know, separating from the company and stuff around the same time. But um, it, on the other hand, there's, there's you know, a particular product that um, basically satisfied all of those needs. Um didn't, but it didn't have any of the bells and whistles. It didn't have the modern interface. It didn't have, um, you know, the ability to easily and quickly integrate data or extract data for that matter. Um, you know, so there were a significant amount of drawbacks to it, you know, and when you, when you have, you know, sort of this balance of, um, you know, do I have all these pockets of information that, that I need to then go back and integrate, um, you know, for, for the bigger picture, you know, uh, we think about dashboards and KPIs and things like that. Um, you know, or do we try to integrate, you know, sort of at that, that, you know, sub level where everything runs on that platform and then maybe it's not quite a perfect fit or, or, or maybe, um, you know, you've got to augment with another piece of software or something like that. Right. Um, 
And I mean, that's that's a challenge every day. You know, uh, it's it's interesting because, you know, a, a big topic these days is sustainability. And, you know, Microsoft released its its cloud for sustainability, um, you know, which which helps uh, companies review and monitor and manage, um, you know, all of their sustainability activities uh, and then, you know, ultimately report it after the fact, um, you know, and, and where it's gotten so popular uh, now, you know, I, I just heard the other day that SAP has a sustainability module that they're building, right, for for the ERP system. And, you know, so, again, it comes down to, okay, so now we're, we're going to pull a module into SAP, and it seems like I'm picking on them in some way, but I'm not. It's, it's you know, you could familiarity ERP right. vendor in there, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's true of the same, true of dynamics, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, basically, you you have this option now where um, without having any detailed knowledge of, of the add-on, I I can, you know, just imagine that it gives me an an option to capture the data that I need. Um, But it might end there. Right. And, um, you know, whereas the sustainability uh, cloud for sustainability is, you know, much more um, fully encompassing, but it's a disconnected system. Right. And so, um, you know, it, it comes down to these evaluations. I mean, you know, you got to think about cost. You got to think about complexity. You got to think about, um, you know, the stakeholders and what they need, you know, what your upstream activities are, what your downstream activities are. Um, you know, and, and when we think about sustainability, for instance, you know, Microsoft has a, a, or, or attempts to take a, a 360 degree view where we look at, OK, you know, we've got our surface line of products and upstream from us. We want to make sure um, that all of the packaging that we source for those line of products that get sent out to customers is all sustainably, um, you know, d- developed and purchased and, and um, deployed as well as, as um, you know, working toward, you know, our our laptops and everything else as well. Um, and right on down the line, right, you know, who we're selling it to and, and sort of how they get there and all those kinds of things, right? And that's just one example. I mean, you talk about data centers, you talk about software operations and all that kind of stuff too. Um, so there's that evaluation of um, if, if we buy this totally encompassing solution and it does exactly what we need it to do, um, is that worth the investment as opposed to, um, you know, uh, trying to somewhat uh, fit the Lego blocks together, right, and and uh, have a solution that um, ultimately works for what it's intended, but may not necessarily be um, the easiest or the the most manageable and things like that. And so, it, I think those are the really the big challenges that we have um, when it comes to build versus buy. Totally agree. It, you know, one of the things, you know, I, I pull from my, my history in the past, one of the things that crops up a lot when you talk about integrations and like, I'm going to buy a package that satisfies my industry or it's close to it with some, you know, light manipulation, um, that integration potentially becomes a point of failure, right? Because you're at not just the the, the risk of one vendor, if, you're thir- if it's a third party add-on, you're at the risk of two now and making sure that they maintain compatibility as versions, you know, evolve over time. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it before where you, you've integrated a, a particular bit of software and then all of a sudden you find out that, oh, this version's not compatible with our old version and we have to do the new light. This was huge when things 
things started, you know, getting cloudified, right? You know, mm-hmm. we saw organizations stop supporting or providing reduced support for some of the on-premises uh, solutions they provided. And because they wanted the SaaS model, they wanted that reoccurring revenue, right? So they, they've evolved their business. Uh, yes, it's less of a footprint uh, in your data center, but now how does that actually work and how is it supportable right. and are you getting the same functionality? Right. Uh, so there are nuance with, you know, integrating into a buy solution, unless it's just a canned, it's everything you need in one little package. That's, you know, that's a whole different story. But, you know, if, from an enterprise perspective, there's going to be integrations with most major systems, right? At some capacity, yeah. well, way to get data in or out or report on it, right? Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, to your point though, right? Um, I had, I had a, a customer approach me last year um, and, and said, well, where, who do I talk to about BizTalk 2020? We're not, we're not ready to move it um, to a serverless architecture in the cloud. There isn't a next gen um, BizTalk server that's currently available uh, that I'm aware of. Maybe there is, but it's outside of my purview if it is. Um, and, you know, the, the idea of doing things on-prem is getting more and more difficult to support, whether it be from um, a sales standpoint, um, you know, and even, you know, when you talk about the engineering groups, the product teams and things like that, you know, everything is geared toward how does this run in Azure, you know, and, and, and how, um, you know, how, how does it integrate with our partners outside of Microsoft, um, but, but want to run on the Azure cloud or in their own cloud system, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, that's, that's a, a I think a, a big challenge unto itself. And, and like you say, though, um, with those integrations now, um, using going back to my uh, purpose-built um, ERP around um, the the seafood industry, um, you know that was b- written in FoxPro, and not only was it written in FoxPro, it was written in FoxPro um, a version that was two revs old um, that had been you know shelved. I want to say in the late nineties, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and and so uh, you know. Microsoft supporting a driver for Fox Pro, I think in like 20, 2009 or 2010, something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, they, they've started to migrate that to um, their own, you know, SaaS offering and things like that. Um, but they've still got a large number of customers that are running on the old client server model. Um, yeah. And and the idea of running that in Azure is, is pretty challenging, you know, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> Uh, you know, you talk about support for the system and, you know, uh, let alone any of the legacy uh, pieces that are that are there, you know, from a security standpoint, from a, a supportability standpoint, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, um, and, and the problem is that uh, for that particular industry, it's one of the best options available at what what's considered to be a, a, a reasonable price, you know, um, you know, and, and we're talking about, um, you know, 500 bucks um for a user license per year as opposed to like four to five thousand per user you know what i mean for for like an sap or microsoft or whatever uh and my numbers might be a little dated it's been a little while since i've had to look into that stuff but you know pretty dramatic difference and um you know one could argue that the better solution was the less expensive one for what it was built for 
Yeah, I mean, Fox Pro. Wow, that's a that's a that's a go back. <laughs> that, was a that was a beast, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, like when we when we look at it, though, you know, we we mentioned about like support end of life, you know, the sassification of things. You know, there's there's an equal amount of things you can say about a build solution, right? There's there's just as many, I think, if not potentially more challenges with a build solution and you know one of the use cases i shared with it with the show notes is is you know chatbots that's you know way organizations are interfacing with uh, with their people and their teams and their staff to try to stay engaged and handle it tickets and work with their finance team to find out payroll and order laptops all programmatically or even spin up vms if you need to and there's an organization that uh, i've partnered with in the past called moveworks or moveworks ai and they provide a chatbot inside of Teams and Slack as well, uh, any chat platform, but the, the two main ones in the, in, in the space, right? And when you look at the meantime to deploy a build solution and even customizing it, you know, using your taxonomy and all the uniqueness of your organization, that curve is significantly less than it is if you're to build a chatbot solution and build the integrations into your HR and your IT and your finance and your automation systems. You know, I've seen organizations take 18 months and longer to, before it's even anywhere near meaningful. Well, I'm right. sure if you're a more simpler or a simple organization, you can do that. The good thing is, is you have the option with Microsoft and Azure to do that if you want to. And, you know, you look at some of the, some of the chat uh, features and some of the AI capabilities are just amazing. And MoveWorks capitalizes on that and uses your data to try to lessen that curve uh, because that knowledge is baked into it. That's a case where, you know, build is not necessarily the fastest, most cost-effective thing to get all these developers doing stuff. Um, and then you have to support it, maintain it, grow it, uh, and, and keep the care and feed it. Uh, it it's, it's buy becomes, you know, the choice there. Uh, where build becomes the choice is, in my mind, where you have a niche thing that you have skill sets in abundance and you can turn it over quick. Right. There's a gray area, and I kind of kept this out of the show notes. There's this gray area between buy and build. Uh, and, and you're very aware of this gray area. It's the you know citizen developer citizen report writer where you're you're kind of build light no no code low code kind of a mentality and i think that's something that we need to roll into this conversation too as well what are your thoughts around that space yeah um you know it's interesting right because as as you kind of think about um all of those pockets of information as we were talking about right um you know, I, I, I use um, the example of, of, again, with SAP, they rolled out Fiori. Jeez, um, it was, I want to say, probably 2014, 15 timeframe, somewhere around there, um, you know, which, which basically was this lightweight, uh, low-code, no-code web interface that sat on top of the ERP to be able to, and it, it almost, you know, in, in sort of Microsoft uh, Power Platform terms, right, it almost uh, integrated t- um, uh, Power Apps and Power Automate into sort of one interface, right? So you could you could build your your screens and you could also build the workflows that went along with them. And, you know, you think of, of automating processes like uh, AP or, or AR and, and, and things like that, where you could have a workflow for approvals and stuff like that, you know, um, obviously a uh, uh, very similar capability with the power platform and, and being able to integrate all that stuff. Um, 
but now you're just talking about another thing you have to manage, right? And and so um, I, I, you know, it's 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 almost like I, you know, I think we could take the show notes from this as we talk through it and almost build out like a matrix of all the things that you have to sort of evaluate, right? And and you know, you have to maintain those screens, you have to maintain those workflows, um, you know. And and in the case of of I think both solutions, um, you know, if you go to hand that to a a, a true um, software development lifecycle type uh, business, right within a business, an engineering department, where you know they're used to using Visual Studio or, or whatever coding interface. I feel like Visual Studio is pretty much the standard at this point. Yeah, unless, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, unless you're like really like hate Microsoft, right? <laughs> um, but for the most part, I, I feel like even even um, you know with Mac developers and everybody else, it's it's become somewhat the standard. Um, and really, you don't have that option when it comes to the low-code, no-code tools. And so, you know, you could have a CTO or VP of engineering saying, and, and, and I've actually heard this from, from uh, one in the past, is, you know, that's not real development, you know, and, and, and I can't, mm-hmm. I can't um, you know, put my signature behind that because, you know, we don't have um, a, a true SDLC or a CICD process um, that follows the standards by which we've set um, for for obvious reasons, right? I mean, if if you're if you're a software development house and you're you're building software, you need to have all those practices in place in place for for good reason. Um, you know, whereas with the low code no code options, uh, you know, the the challenge behind it is it, it's basically a rip and replace. You know, um, you know, I, I, I just uh, we, we had a topic come up of Microsoft Planner the other day, right? And, and integrating into Teams, um, it's a great little uh, tool for for you know very very you know basic project management slash task management. You know, sort of a somewhat of a scrum board in a way. Um, but you know, there's there's no redundancy behind it, right? So if you delete something from that planner, your planner board's gone. You know, even you click through those. <laughs> yes, I understand. It's gone. You know, whereas like uh, Jira you know, a competitor, you know, along those lines, probably something a little, a little heavier, um, you know, more, more involved, um, you know, they do have that ability to restore a, a planner board, you know, or, or what they, whatever they call it. Um, you know, and so those are all the considerations, um, you know, that, that you have to kind of take into account um, is because it, it goes beyond just, um, the functionality, you know, and how do you satisfy the requirements of the business? It goes into those other areas, you know, the supportability and, and the, um, the long-term um, capability of the product, right? So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely one of those things where you know, it, it almost you, you have to give it a matrix, you have to give it a scoring system to figure out what makes more sense. Yeah. And really, you know, to your point though, um, it, you know, the culture of the business, right? It is is the culture of the business uh, more of a DIY? Everybody's empowered to do what they need to do. Um, you know, to, to help the, the business be successful? Um, or is it more of a, um, you know, we have these policies, procedures, standard practices that we're going to follow to a T. Um, and so that's that's how we're going to satisfy the requirements here. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we saw Microsoft take, you know, that, that action here in the past, you know, 12 plus months to try to get the messaging out that, you know, that 
that space in between buy and build that citizen area, right? It's not just for citizen developers and citizen report writers anymore. I mean, you mm-hmm. can source control power apps, right? You, you can you can do things that can hand off to a developer. You can create custom, you know, functions inside of there to get make it more robust. Than you know, I, I heard it be referred to once as, "Oh, the power platform is just." access redone i was like no (laughs) the furthest thing from that you must have been on a call with me (laughs) (laughs) it's significantly different now right it's it's evolved to the point where the integration types that that are there even just from the the rpa modules and like power automate is it's massive amounts of functionality built into it uh you're not going to get that with you know your off-the-shelf package. Now, there are competing products out there. There's competing low-code, no-code things because that space in between is how businesses are satisfying um, the buy versus build, but the business needs something now kind of a mentality. Sure. And you know, and my question to you is, is, are you seeing that as that as that segue solution in, in your talks for the last, you know, whatever, you know, year, two years? Are you seeing that as, oh, this is the path we want to go? go because it helps our organization uh we don't want to choose buy because the licensing and everything's huge we don't want to do build because the maintenance and you know budgeting people versus budgeting licensing let's go in the middle here are you see what, what where are you seeing the 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 penny fall if you will yeah um you know it's interesting it's it's very mixed based on um the the type of organization that you're working with and what what I've seen myself is that you've got customers who are big believers in the end-to-end capability of what Microsoft has to offer, right? Um, I, I was having a conversation with a customer last week and, and you know, they said, well, we're a manufacturing company. We're, we're not all that interested in, in looking at dynamics for our manufacturing because we feel as though, you know, a, a few other vendors have a, um, a leg up, you know, for, for lack of a better term. And what I wanted to remind that customer was that, um, you know, from from a a complete, you know, in in their direction is cloud. Um, They're very much on prem today, but they want to go cloud. And and what I wanted to remind them was that um, first and foremost, we're talking about platform systems as opposed to products. Right. And so the Azure platform on the whole um, gives us the capability for the most part to neatly integrate products together to be able to build out that full strategy. So even if you decide to go with SAP as your ERP, you can put SAP in Azure, you know, and so your all of your data is, you know, local to what you're doing. Um, You know, you have resources available um, that have native hooks to be able to get to that data. And so, you know, when you think about, um, you know, those sort of um, business areas where, you know, you, you, you talk about, you know, your data aspect of things, you talk about your software aspect of things, you know, anything you need to host on infrastructure, um, you know, and, and all of the different categories down the line. And then when you consider tying that into, um, okay, you now you have your office cloud with, um, you know, Teams and Viva and all of the data that comes together into the graph from all of that, Plus, you know, if you decide, okay, I'm going to save some money and use dynamic CRM, 
except for the you know except you know i guess uh <laughs> instead of the uh the big uh competitor there on the left coast um you know it it, it becomes a much more compelling discussion and you've got ideally one place to go for supportability on all of those things right so yeah. those are the customers that um that develop really really good relationships with us um you know they they know the people they go to they know the process and it works really well um the the challenge is when now you start looking at sort of these individual pieces and you try to you try to string them all together for a complete um solution and now you've got you know a dozen different places you need to call for support and you know you need to have uh you know a bunch of different service contracts for all of those things and you need to have you know whether it's in-house in-house talent or you know a dozen different um consulting firms to help you with those items and things like that right and so um you know it, it there's definitely that mix and you know those customers that i i just described um are, are, are much less apt to sort of understand the, the big picture um, opportunity that they have when you have, you know, from um, the device that your your client is using, your, you know, your, your employee, your frontline worker, whoever, all the way through to, you know, the three clouds and, and you know, um, the support capabilities, um, services, security, you know, and all that. Um, uh, it, they're just very, very different conversations. And, um, you know, the, the, the former customer that I described sees Microsoft as a partner, the latter sees Microsoft as a vendor. Um, mm. So they're very different conversations too. Yeah, that's, that's so true. That's an aspect that we really, that I hadn't thought of in the, around this topic. You know, one of the things that was going through my head is, you know, the, the phrase that, uh, and most people that know me know I'm not an I guy, I'm not an Apple guy, uh, but the, the phrase that it just works comes out of like people's mouth. Like I want it because it just works and I have my stuff there. Um, so sometimes that buy mentality is like, oh yeah, this is a big name and it's something that we're, we know because they have commercials on Super Bowl or what have you and it just works, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of magic behind the scenes, even inside your organization to make it just work for you. You know, right. just, you know, right. those canned packages or I, sh I shouldn't say canned because nothing's really canned anymore these right. days. Yeah. You know, right. You're not installing something like, oh, it's, it's exactly what I needed, the way I want it. Uh, there is some sort of a customization that needs to occur during almost every implementation in this day and age, um, you know, connecting that dot to the, you know, that the, the Android mentality of like, oh yeah, I just want to wrench out something and it's going to be everything I want. You know, I'm a firm believer that, um, and I, I've said this in the past, I, I believe on the show that, you know, a lot of niche products were actually developed by somebody solving a need that they once had out of business. And they realized I'm going to monetize this. Right. And, right. and, and off the market, it goes um, there, there's a particular, uh, I won't say the details around the, the 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 client and or the product, but they we'll just call it company A had a product and product was actually built for an industry has nothing to do with what what they do. Yeah. But for some reason, somebody made the decision 20 years ago. Yeah. I'm betting on price that that was the solution that's going to get put on the ground. And yeah. they just threw bodies at it for, for over a decade to try to yeah. make it do the bend its will. Yeah. That's kind of a moment where you're just like, you know, let's make something for our organization. Yeah. You know? What 
business are we in again? <laughs> yeah. I know, um, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and I mean it's funny though because um I, I am an eye guy. Um, and, and actually I'm in the process of migrating everything over to Mac. This is a long process because I've been doing it. I think since we talked at like the new year's show or something, uh, it's taken me a while, but you know, the reality is I'm doing it, um, to somewhat stream streamline the way I do things, you know, uh, you know, and just a very, very simple example is, you know, two factor authentication. When I get, um, you know, a, a, a code through my bank, um, and if I'm on my, you know, iPad or I'm using my MacBook or, or something like that, and I get that text message coming through, um, instead of having to go look at my phone to see what that was, instead I hit the form and it says, do you want to fill this code out? And it's just one less thing I have to do. <laughs> um, and so I do it just because it it actually saves me time in that way to standardize on that kind of thing. And then, of course, I'll have a PC for work. Um but the reality is that it's just how can I streamline what I'm doing for all the different things in, you know, in my life. And, yep. and as, as, you know, anybody who's listened to us before, they, they know I've got a lot of stuff going on. And so, you know, <laughs> I, I never rest. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where um, I just have to do everything that I can to make things as efficient as possible for myself. Um, you know, and, and so, that is very much that buy mentality versus build mentality. I, and I wish, cause I love the tinkering, right? I, I love the, yeah. and just one of the articles I posted on LinkedIn was about one of the retro gaming consoles do, done DIY with raspberry Pi, Right. Um, I mean, those things are so fun. The idea of it just, but the time is just not there, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, and of course they, they sell the DIY kits for guys like me that just doesn't have the time to DIY, but you want to have the technology, right? Yeah, so. Sure. yeah so I, I was in a similar, well, before I get, well, let, let me finish that off. <laughs> I need storage, like massive amounts of storage. Cause I pump a lot of video and a lot of audio. Right. Sure. And I need some of it close to me. So cloud isn't the option. Right. Um, it can be obviously, I mean, we put a man on the moon, we can, you know, edit video in the cloud for sure. sure. But my tools set my workflow, the way I have it set up, but what I'm working on, I need to have here in my on-premises. So I, I, built out this whole system. I had it like ready in the cart. And actually this morning, earlier this morning, I was like ready to hit the go hit that Amex. Right. Then I'm like, build versus buys today. I'm going to yeah. hold off on that. I want to hear this <laughs> out. Uh, but rolling to what you mentioned before about MFA. So I, I saw your message, uh, the response to my tweet about the, you know, the, yeah. the, I'll be sending you one of these, but here, <laughs> here, here's the trick to see how many people are actually listening. When I post yeah. this show in the LinkedIn, the first person to put in UTF and reply to that, I will get you a FIDO2 key too as well. So uh, we'll see how many people are paying attention uh, when they listen to the show. Uh, show yeah. so. I, I love it, man. Like, so it's funny because, you know, going back to my IT days and CIO days, um, you know, YubiKey has been around for a long time. Um, and and it, it, the challenge is, is getting everybody to be able to assimilate and be on the same page with some of that stuff. Yep. And, and that's, that's where the biggest struggle has been over the years. Now I know, um, well, that's interesting. My team's just completely blew up, shut down and restarting now. Huh. Um, not used to that happening. Um, but you know, I mean, for years it was kind of like, okay, what is the right solution there? Um, you know, and you've got the, the, the browser plugins and extensions and things yep. like that. Um, you know, and, and, 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the holy grail of sorts to, to be able to get to the point where it's something that gets recognized. We're never going to get everybody, but if we can get 90%, it's going to be a great place. So, um, yeah, I'm curious to see how it works yeah. out. Yeah, along that line, you know, you know, one of the things you shouldn't be building is your own security defense perimeter. <laughs> so yeah, that's great advice. <laughs> consult the pros on that. They figured it out and there's a configuration for you. Uh, you know, it's the it's the thing that I find is like, you know, there is obviously configuration like with this particular device, you know. It doesn't have to be a USB plugged in. It's like it has a USB near field, the whole thing, right? So, like, I can sit there and I can get a USB key and get to, like, I could build it, but why? And we know it's not hardened and secure. It's a solution that you need to, there's certain things you don't want to compromise on. Uh, you want to have best of breed. You want to have, you know, like I use Authenticator app for Microsoft for things other than just for Microsoft. A lot of people don't know you can do that. Sure. Um, you know, you just bolt, bolt in and, and go, right? Um, so, I find it refreshing solutions that are uh, that we rely on for our security safety well-being uh, in addition to our like you know i can push a button and the machine's going to turn on you know my updates are configured to come you know y- you can build out your own solutions for that and your it guy may want to do that because it's cool to do because it's cool to do doesn't mean you do that in your enterprise yeah, or in your yeah, in your business, yeah. right? <laughs> so well, it's kind of reemphasizing that. <laughs> yeah, adopting technology for the sake of technology. Yeah. Uh, it generally doesn't work out that well for people. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't recommend it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, to that point, um, you know, when you, when you think of build versus buy, um, security, I mean, just security from a, from a a small business perspective, medium size, you know, enterprise, um, you know, you look at Microsoft security, um, you know, they, they recently pledged to, um, you know, spend $20 billion over the next four years, um, on, on security and in our posture and having that capability, um, our industry solutions teams rolling out, with, um, you know, uh, security specific managed services now um, where you can actually leverage our Dart team, um, which is which is, you know, basically our security defense team, um, you know, for for um, uh, security threat responses and things like that. Um, you know, and, and if if you you, see, you look at that bill and you see what's going to cost you for a year of security monitoring um, and just look at that and then look at what it would cost you if you were down for three days of business, how much, how much revenue you would lose as a result, um, you know, and what your, what your costs would be. And, um, you know, that equation gets pretty smart, pretty fast. Yeah. Especially when your data gets locked up and, you know, somebody's requiring a cryptocurrency to unlock it, you know, it's, it's not, not an ideal situation. Uh, you know, and the other thing, you know, you think of is, um, just think, you know, somebody asked me just last week, they're like, Microsoft Secure, like, like they're, they were baffled that I was like, where have you been? <laughs> you know, like their messaging right. has been pretty clear, yep. uh, but that's okay. Not everybody stays as connected as we do. And, you know, when we say, well, what do you want to secure? There's app security. There's, you know, security inside your, inside your, inside your data space. There's security at your endpoints. There's security in the cloud on-prem. All that can be tied together. We can surface it in one nice pane of glass. I mean, it's, it's severely, uh, 
severely robust. I, I guess that's sure. the. I don't know how to emphasize how like how in depth we. I talk all the time about security in depth. You want to have multiple layers. I mean, we step over like God. We trip over layers, getting the layers with the amount of things that Microsoft has in the path of hardening users, right? And especially, spe- you know, one of the things that you know people are trying to exploit are users now in a different right. fashion. They, they might own their account and they know it's MFA, so they'll like submit for that MFA request. An authenticator is going to fire off and they're like, oh, I'm at my PC. I, mu- I must have something. Hit approve. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, they got you now, right? right. right. So, you know, being being meaningful and understanding is, is definitely the one thing we want to bring up. But yeah, again, d- just reemphasizing, you know, to talk to a pro and, and get that. That's one of the reasons why I put a disclaimer on, uh, you know, the beginning of some of these shows when we start talking about topics, you know, you want to talk to someone who's who's been down that path, uh, at least the validate you know there's smart people everywhere inside of organizations validate your smartness um because it'll help it'll help you when when it's you know really hitting the wall and you know you got your bases covered yeah yeah no and 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 what's interesting is um you know you you brought up the company you work with there um you know for the chatbot uh building and things like that and i mean on numerous occasions um you know our, our team at the MTC, you know, when they're giving a, a presentation on, on chatbots, I mean, it, it's a very popular topic. A lot of customers want to know, you know, and, and you get all kinds of, of ways they want to look at it, right? You know, IT service, HR, uh, knowledge management, all kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, it's interesting because there's a Boston-based firm um, called Ask HR that, you know, has a, has a bot that they created for HR teams. And, and and I've heard that recommended numerous times rather than having to go out and build your own chat bot because they've got a lot of those HR um, challenges solved. And, um, you know, dollars for donuts, it's probably going to be more expensive to, to buy the solution. But, you know, when you think about all the other things that we've talked about supportability and and the build process, how long it takes, are you getting all the business requirements? Are you satisfying everything? Um, You know, when you've got a solution that that's very much available and it's going to cover 90% of what you need to cover. And then I'm sure they have some options for, you know, extend, extending that, expanding it, adding more capabilities. Um, You know, it's kind of a no brainer sometimes when you think about just even how long it'll take to bring the product to light, to, to, to make it so that it's actually something you can use. You know, yeah, and there's costs that like build versus like you were mentioning. It probably costs more than building it. You might be able to deploy it faster, so there's might be a little bit of savings there. Where the savings comes is when you're when you're interfacing and the time it takes for someone to answer, like in in your case, like a HR issue and that with that org with that org with MoveWorks, maybe it's an IT issue. When you can close a ticket faster and you're not requiring as many people to do that, that lowers your cost. Right. You know, and so your your company's getting that you're, you're recouping that investment. It's an investment for a platform. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Definitely. Well, agree. And, you know, I mean, you, you know, the other piece, too, is is what is what is the best use of the person's time who would normally field those questions? Yep. You know, and. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you put a SharePoint site up, you put a bunch of documents up there and, you know, they get you part of the way for sure. Um, but the reality is that it only gets you part of the way, you know, and, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, they've made chatbots smarter and smarter for a reason, um, you know, to, to, to help with that process to, to help you get through, not to mention, 
all the opportunities for, you know, um, translation, language processing, you know, speech to text, all those kinds of things too. Um, you know, so it's just, yeah, it, it really comes down to what it is that you're trying to do. Um, you know, it's funny because, um, I, I think I've, I've taken both sides. I definitely straddle the fence and, and, and it really becomes just a, um, a case by case basis where you determine what's going to make the most sense for your business, but, you know, be smart. Right. And, and, and definitely, um, take some of those things into consideration when you're evaluating what the better way for your business to go is. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, one of the things I want to uh, hit on, on in that realm is um, why is the biggest question, right? But the other question is, is why not? I mean, you can ask, why should I build this or why should I buy this? But then you also have to take, you always have to take that other side. Like if you're predisposed to lean one way or the other, you have to say, why not? You know, the other way, because that'll give you a more informed, more informed opinion on what needs to be done, especially based upon what your org does. Right. Right. Um, anything else you want to bring up or touch on with build versus buy? I know we, we, we covered it at the, you know, the business level. We dipped into a little tech stuff here and there. Is there any any other areas you want to bring up? No, I mean, you know, I, I, I guess. You know, if I could reiterate even just um, the simplicity of um, having that ecosystem being all inclusive, um, you know, what that does, you know, whether from a a business standpoint or, um, you know, a a technology IT standpoint, um, take a really good, long, hard look at that. Right. Um, Look, there's a reason MS Office is so popular. Right. And, and all the accompanying services, um, you know, uh, there's there is no competition for it. You know, you've got one offs that might be better in a specific area and things like that. But you still have to factor in, OK, what am I giving up by going to this alternate solution? Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think that um, I've seen far too many cases of, of CIOs puffing out their chest because they broke the mold and they went to uh, that other office productivity suite. Um, <laughs> and, and, and in a way, it almost breaks people's brains, you know, because... Yeah. Um, it's, it's just so different. It doesn't have the same capabilities, you know, and, and then you wind up getting the shadow IT and everything else. So, um, you know, uh, I, I just, I think that, um, the, the financial aspects can't be the end all be all decision, uh, point that you're, you're basing your decision on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my final comments will be just because you've done it one way doesn't mean that you need to keep doing it that way or the opposite. Right. We've done it that way and it works. Let's keep doing it that way. So uh, be introspective to not just yourself, but how your team works, how your business works. And and you'll truly find a good answer, uh, whether it's right or wrong. Platform, like as you mentioned, and I'm glad you echoed that multiple times, the platform is important. Uh, and the one thing that, you know, I have always applauded Microsoft for is like, we give you a platform that you can take it as is, or you can make it more than what it is, you know, and, you know, as long as you do it in a supportable manner, we're, we're here to, for you along the journey and, and help you get there. Right. Uh, look at some of the, you know, AI builders that are inside of power apps. You can go in there and click, 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 bang, you've got some AI in your org already, or you can go and do full blown, you know, 
build out a complete robust AI solution. So um, it's as little or as much as you want. And there's stuff in between. Uh, Like we mentioned, there's build, there's buy, and there's that, that gray area in in the middle there that we can, you know, do a little bit of, a little bit of both. And And we um, call it augment. I don't know. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's just it, right. Is, is you do have that, that opportunity there. And um, you know, when you, when you think about, um, sort of the 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 challenges that you're going to face if it's something that you know maybe isn't supported. I mean, look, a lot of people have made a lot of money extending what's already capable in Microsoft products, you know, and so um, you know it's it's definitely uh, yeah, it's definitely something to consider. Yep, absolutely. Well, on that note, uh, thank you again so much. Uh, Great topic, great conversation as usual. I know we have a a bunch stacked up here coming up in the next next several weeks. So uh, we appreciate you coming. Uh, Listeners, we appreciate you as listeners. This makes it the video. We're going to appreciate you as a viewer. Do both. Listen to our fan, watch us, you know, we'll, we'll take we'll take the thumbs ups and the likes. Remember, uh, when this gets posted to LinkedIn, YouTube, U2F, put that in there. I'll get you a, uh, get you a FIDO2, uh, get that off to you. And uh, we'll, we appreciate you uh, listening and watching. Until next time, thank you all. Thanks, guys.